0: Seven. All right, and we're back live. You see, we've heard this theme song music now five times. Time. It do- doesn't it though? Uh-huh. It kind of grows on you. And that's because we had technical difficulties because we had, we don't know why we tried everything. We don't know what we think it's it. We think it's Meredith. Yeah, I, think so I got a vibe. She's got that. It's, it's the vibe. We got. Okay, so I think this is going to work this time. <clears throat> hi we've only said hi four times now so (laughs) like to keep it fresh take five how are you today
1: i'm good and thanks for thanks for the invitation to be here well thanks for sitting down really fun so far
0: and i know right because nothing has worked so far (laughs) (laughs) we have wi-fi issues we can't have wi-fi issues it's like a room that's i don't know but thank you for joining us today now, some of our audience knows already that, uh, that Meredith has a lot of job titles. You are, as my little notes, you have the Chief of Staff to the <laughs> Bishop, the Director of Communications, and the Primary Press Contact, and all of those I want to talk about a little bit later, but first, there's another job title that I want to talk about, uh, but of course, before we get to all of that, we have to do the first questions, That's, we're, and these are like 17 questions all rolled up into one. Um, pay I'm paying pay attention. I'm tracking She's so got far. notes I'm now. Good. She's like, oh, no, you didn't tell me there were 17 questions. Okay. So we have, oh, and I'm looking at my board here that's got all sorts of weird colors that it's not supposed to have. So this might be really interesting. Our first, we are on location, too. This is the to, first, like, on the This road is the side, first right? on yeah. location in Liverpool, New York. People come from miles around. In the glamorous. In the glamorous. In the office, yeah. Yes, in the glamorous Liverpool. <laughs> I mean, This is like a big tourist area, isn't it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it is at the intersection of 81 and 90. So yes. It may not be a destination, but a lot of people...
0: It, it should make be. Make their way. It should be. I think it's here. highly underrated. It really is. It should be a destination. We're going to make it a destination. I actually
1: live here. I mean, in addition to... Wh- I don't live here in the office. <laughs> <laughs> I say, it's a nice
0: room you got here. <laughs> but I live, I
1: live not far away in the village. So it's been a great... I've lived here for five years. It's been a great place to live, actually. very, oh, that very, is very easy, cool. easy place to we're live. Don't Close get ahead of my everything. questions, okay? okay? Don't
0: get ahead right. of my questions. <laughs> <laughs> we have a system here. Okay, uh... And now I can do that because I wasn't recording here either. So that's just, I'm sad about that. So we have all of the bells and all the whistles, and none of it is working right now. So, what are you going to do? But the 17 questions all rolled up into one you know it's like where are you from you know married kids pets siblings dogs cats
1: all all of the above except for cats i am allergic <gasps> to those oh
0: see i'm a dog person too. Yeah, me too i don't cats have such an indifference about them
1: yeah but my husband's a big cat person uh, oh but, i'm sorry for your husband i didn't yeah. i didn't know that it was not
0: meant as a diss or anything <laughs> like that
1: yeah, but it's un- it's unfortunately for him, cats are not an option in our household. Are, so
0: would would you have a cat if you could?
1: It, well, no. But, <laughs> but it's hard. It's hard. There to it know, is, right, right there. Because it's like a chi- you don't know if you don't like them because they make you sneeze or if or if they're or just if because they're cats and they don't the care. Yeah. You don't, so you don't like them, you know? And they're
0: ca- they're cats. They don't they, and and they don't care either way. You yeah, know, yeah. They're cats. They're like what? Go ahead. I'll make you sneeze and I'll make you feed me. Yeah, yeah. That that's just a cat. But are you originally from here?
1: So I'm actually from uh, East Aurora, New York, which is outside of Buffalo. So not very far away. I have family that still lives in that
0: area. Not very far away. It's like four hours like from here. <laughs> I just
1: did it on 4th of July. Oh, okay. Which, by the way, is how I got my... I was visiting my dad in my hometown, and uh, a, a medicine cabinet door fell on my face. So I've got this teeny little bruise that I'm a little oh, self-conscious it's, it's about. It's huge.
0: It's huge. You should see. It's all of the fans. That's and what I'm we're really, going to tell well, them. Should've, we should have switched sides. <laughs> That's true. Then, we, <laughs> <laughs> then you could, you're looking the whole time like this. Like, you have absolutely... Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I grew up uh, in East Aurora... Um, went to college in the Hudson Valley. Um, I lived in New York City for about oh gosh, it must have been like eleven or twelve years before. Really? Yeah, before coming to Central New York, I met I met my husband Christopher there. Oh, the city, how'd you all meet? Um, on a dating app called OkCupid. Okay yeah, really? Yeah. We and our first date was at the Cloisters, uh, my which is a museum uh, in the upper part of Manhattan. Have you ever Have you ever been there?
0: I have. If I have no culture at all. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I've so never it's, been it's there. It's part
1: of like the Metropolitan Museum of Art Network. Oh wow. I think the story is I can't remember which financier like slash robber baron like imported an entire monastery stone by stone from Scotland and like
0: oh, okay, I'd have put to it say on that. top
1: of a hill in a park in Manhattan and filled it with medieval art. And so it's, wow. just, it's just fabulous. Anyway, my husband's in the theater and he used to direct out, outdoor productions in that park. So it was a nice, like my love of religious art and oh. his, his sort of theater stomping grounds. That was our yeah. first date. So that's more interesting than we met on an app.
0: That- <laughs> <We laughs> I'd really have led date. with that. I really would have led with that. Now we know. It's like, okay. Apps are good. Apps are good. I know quite a few people who have met on apps now. Yeah, and I
1: pretty much only know people who have met yeah, on that, apps. Yeah, that, I remember. After a certain point, that, that just became how you met. The, yeah,
0: yeah, because I remember when it first started, uh, I mean, you know, I was stationed in Alaska at the time, mm-hmm. and a couple of the guys that I work with, they first started doing apps, and we're like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like, no, that's the way you're supposed to do it now. Yeah, we did all the bad ways. We did all the bad ways, <laughs> but uh, some kids.
1: Yeah, we have one son named Max. He's he just turned five, so oh. he'll be going into kindergarten.
0: Oh, how fun!
1: Yeah, and we have a dog. Uh, his name is Charlie. He's a Jack Russell Terrier, <gasps> and he's about fourteen years old.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, Jack Russells. But that Pep,
1: he's as peppy as a five-year-old. Yeah, sure.
0: J- Jack Russells are not known for their sedentary <laughs> lifestyle. No, <not> at all. <laughs> They're the ones that you have to watch all the time because they will find a way to. Oh, look! There's something unattended yeah. and unwatched. I will yeah. find it. To bark at. Yes, 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 yes. But now for the uh, the job title that I mentioned earlier, you are a priest in your own right, mm-hmm. right now. I think I read that you were ordained like last year, but you didn't become a priest until this year. And I always thought that when you were ordained, you became a priest. Oh, so it was this, that like yeah,
1: this is great. Uh, yeah. To so in the Episcopal Church, um, someone who um, the church agrees is called to the priesthood will first be ordained as a deacon, um, and and the idea is that the ministry of a you your person, own probation, the ministry. <laughs> it's actually, I mean, people. I mean, that it kind of gives that impression, but it's really if you can think of it more as like mm, kind of nesting dolls, like. We're all baptized into ministry as lay people, right? Okay. Um, so every priest has been a lay person and, and continues that, you know, to sort of hold that ministry. Yeah. Um, and then there's the ministry of deacon. Um, and that's kind of the ministry of connecting the church with the world, the world with the church. And so you often will see deacons serving, you know, in kind of outreach ministries. But the idea is that the, the deacon kind of bridges the two.
0: I so, did not know that.
1: And so, when you are ordained, when you're called to the priesthood, you're first ordained as a deacon. So you hold that kind of within your priesthood.
0: So, do, do you still have the collar? They give you a different color collar, no, so same you know. Color, same color. <laughs> is, it, is it different colors? It's like okay, you're 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 a deacon. But so you'll you see
1: go. a deacon will in in a, in a worship service will wear a diagonal stole, whereas the priest wears a stole that goes over both shoulders.
0: I never knew that. So that's how you that. can tell
1: the difference in a worship service. I'm going to go
0: to all Episcopal churches now, all over the land. <laughs> yeah,
1: and the deacon is also kind of a servant ministry. So in a church where there are both priests and deacons, the deacon will do things like set the table for Eucharist, just as though, you know, oh, when you think okay. about Jesus having dinner with his friends, there would have been people to set the table and clear the table.
0: Okay, so you're you're kind of a priest in training-ish, but kind of not.
1: Well, uh, see, and that's where some of the confusion can happen with the, uh, you know, yeah, because because there's also people who are called to be deacons, just like there are people who are called into lay ministry, like you with this okay. podcast. <laughs> You know, we each have our own call from God. So a deacon, yeah. there are people who are called to be deacons and to spend their life in that particular ordained ministry. We have some wonderful deacons. Oh, okay. In this so diocese. you can
0: Okay, so so both ones are so you have to like okay, I'm a deacon now, but now I'm going to choose also to be
1: Yeah. So hmm. so typically uh, for someone who's discerning a call to ordained ministry, they, they will work closely with the commission on ministry and with other people yeah. sort of charged with kind of listening to God together to determine, is God calling me as a priest? Is God calling oh, me as like a deacon? That. Or is God calling me to continue in lay ministry
0: and maybe to, you know, take a new branch or try something yeah. new? I like that. I like that. That gives you a lot of options and a lot of time to discern, like, where where is it that I really want to fit where all of my, you know, my talents and my heart and all of that stuff yes. is.
1: And where does the world and the, and the church and God, where do they need me?
0: Yeah. I like that. Yeah. But speaking of that, I also read, I'm pretty sure I'm read, I read that this is a true, if this is not a true fact, this is going to be a very short discussion, just so we're clear, <laughs> it's very short. I, I, but uh, sort of like being a priest and even believing in God wasn't a thing That was always on your... You weren't even sure that there was a God. There wasn't convinced. And I admit, you know, when I I read that, I was like, I could do a whole day on that question alone, but we have to get home and feed the dog, so I can't. (laughs) (laughs) But how did you go from not being convinced that God exists to being very convinced that Mm -hmm. God exists?
1: Oh, that's such an interesting way of putting the question. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to look back and see the, you know, you can look back and see the thread when you're kind of going along living your life. You you don't see where, you don't always see where you're going. There, That's true. There's a famous... Um, prayer from Thomas Merton that starts, my Lord I like God, him. I have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> have you heard that prayer?
0: I, I like Thomas Merton. That's my <laughs> life right there. I have absolutely no yeah. idea where I'm going, how I'm getting there, and just don't let me crash. <laughs>
1: yeah. And I, so I think, you know, we kind of live our lives forward, and then we can make sense of it looking, looking backward. I, so I, you know, I remember very distinctly, um, there was a point in my life kind of in my mid-20s, uh, when I, when I, ex- when I first experienced a call to ministry, I actually, I prayed to God, even though I didn't really believe yeah. in God. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, not sure
0: that you're there or anything, but, exactly. you know.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and I, th- I don't think I'm alone in that. I mean, I think people, when they come to a point of struggle or crisis, there might be an instinct to pray, even though you, you know, it, you don't necessarily understand what it is you're doing or you know you can't necessarily yeah. stake your life on it but i but i did i had an impulse i i had a sense that um as as happy as i was in certain ways with my life that there was there was more or something different that i was called to do but the problem was i had no idea what it was <laughs> i just i just had this nagging feeling <laughs> you know, that there was something yeah. else. And was so like, God well, was nagging it? you at this what point. Is it? <laughs> what am I supposed to be doing? So I, I prayed. I was like, yeah. you know, help me know what I'm supposed to be doing. And the very next day, my um, my aunt took me to a church service. Um, I saw a woman preach for the first time that day. And it was a, it was a total mistake because there was supposed to have been, like they were flying in some guest preacher, and his, his flight was canceled. So... The, it was um, like, this is the perfect time. So it was the, like, go you now. Know, so the director of religious education, who was an ordained, uh, I, I, I don't remember, maybe Presbyterian minister, but she, you know, she kind of t- stepped into the pulpit. And there was a, I looked at her and there was a voice that was like, that's what you're supposed to do. And I was like, I don't believe in you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's like, I'm not really concerned about that right now. I'm just telling you what your job's going to yeah. be.
1: And I was like, "But I, I mean, that's ridiculous because I don't go to church, you know. Yeah. So it was, it was an interesting journey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's how it Because you, said, cause you be know honest. if you would have
0: said no, there would have been a big fish come right about there.
1: <laughs> you know, when you're ordained uh, in, uh, as, a, as a deacon or a priest, you're presented to the church um, in the in the ordination ceremony. My aunt uh, was one of my presenters because you know after that after that service, I turned to her and I said, "I know this is going to sound weird, but I, th- I think I think maybe I'm supposed to be a minister." And she was like, "That makes sense." So she, I just think that's a helpful story because not only was it that kind of idea yeah. that was. Placed in my mind, but then to have um, community to affirm the idea—it really takes both. Yeah, you know, to have the courage to pursue a call.
0: Yeah, and there, there was no like growing up. There was no religion or no.
1: Actually, I had. um, I, I grew up a Jehovah's Witness, and really, yeah. So in my, you know, I had had about probably more than a decade of being not. Not only not religious because I had left that church, I was not only not religious, but I was pretty actively anti-religious, yeah. um, because I had some negative experiences in that, you know, in that religious milieu. So, you know, it was, it was a, it was a really interesting journey oh, to go, you know, yeah. to be like, well, now you're supposed to be a minister, <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I pretty much forgot about you know that experience. <laughs> I was like, I, you know, lo- not to make too long of a story out of it, but. You know, I, I did end up enrolling in seminary, but I was like, I'm going to become a professor of religion <laughs> because being a minister is ridiculous, you know. And then I found out about the Episcopal Church and da 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 and,
0: you know. and now she's doing podcasts. Yeah. There you have it.
1: Yeah. I mean, God will do what God will do.
0: True enough. Yeah.
1: So when people are struggling, you know, if people are struggling with a decision, yeah, one thing I'll say, like based on my own story is if God has an idea for you, God will find a way. You know, you yeah. don't have to worry so much about. I like that about making the right decision at this point or that yeah. point. Because if if there's a call for you, God will.
0: Yeah, God you, you God will get you yeah. will get through. God will get through. God's <laughs> sitting there going, "Y'all watch this." You don't even know what's coming. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you don't know at the time. You know the ways that God is getting through to you.
0: True right. that. and. Right now I'm just hoping that all of this stuff continues to work. It is, I think. It looks <laughs> it is. good. I, I mean, yeah, I on think the yeah. It looks I know we're anyway. we're very happy. Our audience is really digging that everything is working. <laughs> but okay, I want to talk about your podcast. Mm and your sermon, and if y'all don't know you can go to i found them on apple Podcasts, or go to google play spotify i love saying that <laughs> apple like wherever you find your podcast
1: wherever you find your podcast do
0: a search on <laughs> meredith Cadet sanderson cuz that's how i found you yep. and there are all of her uh, sermons there in the form of a podcast i will say highly recommend give them a listen cuz i you. did i did and one of the things that i really liked was how you took you know as i was listening to it Is it a personal favorite style of mine Mm. is how you took kind of the historical and married it with the topical Mm. and, and, and kept the, kept the context of both. Mm. And just to invite your listeners to, to look at things through maybe a lens they hadn't thought of. So I got to wondering, like, how do you, how do you decide, like on Sundays, what, what How you're going to approach it, what take, you know, how you're going to take something, especially when, you know, current events and, you know, very difficult current events, you know, Vestavia Hills, Buffalo, uh, Supreme Court decisions, all of that stuff. How do you do all of that and make a sermon? Like, what's your process for that?
1: Yeah. So you're asking me all my favorite kinds of (laughs) questions. As, as you probably know, like any creator, loves
0: to be asked oh, yeah. about how they go <laughs> yes. about. Creating. How do you create? Yeah, yeah,
1: yes. So, um, so I had a, a a seminary professor, James Cohn, who had been a student of the theologian Karl Barth. And really, Bart used to say he was kind of famous for saying you should, you know, you should. I don't know if it was specifically in the context of preaching. I can't remember right now. But he said, you know, you should prepare with a Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. Right, I I, so I your, am a fan of Carl yeah, yeah. Church dogmatics. Yeah, whole, so yeah. like to your point about um, you know about about preaching with current events. I think there's kind of a dual listening that I that I try to cultivate in my process, which is kind of listening to God in Scripture, while at the same time listening to my community, um, not only through, Ooh, okay. <laughs>
0: So now, have, okay, I think, so we, have, I think we have. I think we have more Does of an audience know? here. was yeah. <laughs> like all right, lights yeah. are flashing, <laughs> things are working. So, kind
1: of listening to my community not only um, not only in the wild, wider world, like what's going on in the newspaper, what are the current events, and also what do I know about the people to whom I'm preaching? You know, what's going on in the life of the congregation? What's going yeah. on in the lives of the individuals that make up that community?
0: Yeah, but how? I mean, there, there's got to be, I always thought that as, as a priest, it would be a difficult, almost kind of line to walk sometimes because there's there's how to not, Yeah, you know, one of your sermons, you said that you promised you would never be partisan. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And how do you decide when that time is that sometimes you have to go, okay, this is a thing that's happening, and I know it's a polarizing thing because that's maybe where society is but this is in keeping with the message that Christianity is supposed to be, Mm -hmm. is that, you know, as a priest, how difficult is it to make that sort of discernment as when you go, I know this isn't partisan. You know, it may come across like that, but that is not what it is. This is, you know, how I'm presenting this to keep the message of Christianity what it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you, you know, sort of walk that line? I mean, as a priest...
1: Yeah, that's a good question, and I'm sure I don't do it perfectly. I'm sure people would report <laughs> that to you.
0: All of our, fit. No, no, we got emails, I'm, texts, I'm everything. No expert <laughs> in that, um, you know.
1: I think one one thing that's important for me is, I, if there's something that people are going to be bringing into the room. that's weighing on people's hearts as they come into the space it's got to be addressed right um so so i i try to keep in mind that it's worth the risk like if there's just been a mass shooting or a major supreme court decision people are thinking about it no matter what their opinion is it's on their hearts and minds they've probably experienced conflict with a with a family member or a neighbor around the issue you know so they're bringing that that's who they are as they come into the space and as a priest, like, we're called to minister to God's in that people space. in that space as who they are, what's on their hearts, and what they're bringing. So, you know, I, I guess the first piece of that is to try to do it faithfully, but to know, like, it's worth the risk. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't think it's ever helpful to kind of sidestep the issue or pre, or pretend, pretend, Yeah, you know, there's kind of a nice, you know, way of being nice and polite and, and not talking about challenging issues. Yeah. But I, for me, that doesn't feel like something I can do sustainably over time and still be a faithful minister
0: yeah, and that that is quite honestly one of the things I really, really genuinely just as a person appreciated, because as somebody who you know who listens, you know it's like you're still a person, you're still affected by all of those things, yeah, and to to get up week after week and just say, you know, well, here's our you know message, so we're going to pretend like." The world doesn't exist as we know it, and we're going to talk about the 6,000 years ago, this particular, you know, and that's, I think when I, <clears throat> you did, uh, there were two that I really, and y'all have to go listen to them so you can know what it is I'm saying, mm-hmm. but the, uh, the the golden rule in a leaden world, oh, yeah. there was, <laughs> the I love, it. I had never heard that before, where it, where you brought all of the, uh, you kept everything in its, in its history, in its context, and its meaning, and its mm-hmm. audience. But yet, you know, bringing in topical things and difficult things and still be able to go, okay, this meant that to them, yeah. but perhaps it could also mean this to us. Yeah. And I think that right there is the, the difficult sort of whole mm-hmm. process that that I see that you do. Mm-hmm. We just very much appreciate, you know, it is my, you know, my personal favorite style is, you know, doing the history and then bringing it into, you know, what I can possibly do with it there. So for that, I want to say I just really, really appreciated it, too.
1: Thank you so much. And, you know, it just makes me think as, as I listen to your reflection on that, I think to me, one of the, one of, I mean, maybe the miracle, right? I guess it's the miracle that Christianity witnesses to is that Jesus really existed, You know, like he really, he, he, you know, God came to live and die and, and to experience human life like one of us. And, and so, you know, that was a real life and real people experienced him. And, and we do too, like we experience God in our real life. Like we are, are in the same struggle. So, you know, in a way there is that, I mean, there's that true connection because we're all in relationship with God and Jesus you know, across across that, like, span of time. But, like, it's real.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she thinks it's real, y'all. There's again, we got that. <laughs> it is real. It is
1: real. And that's, you know, so how can we not, how can we not, um, when, when we're in church together, that's the place where, you know, I, I hope that we really get filled up with that sense that it is real. So I can go out this afternoon, the rest of this yeah. week, and 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 live my life in relationship with Jesus because this is this is this is real. Yeah, God and, is really present.
0: Yeah, and that that's one of the things that I really appreciate is having the that yes, I live in the real world. Yes, I recognize all of these. You know, to to where, you know, to walk into a church on a Sunday and just you know everything else is blocked out. I was like, well, that's not. You know, as you said, everybody is walking, and we're walking in the mess that sometimes yeah. exists. Yes. So yeah. it's to bring all of that in there, which I think is just a really uh, worthwhile. And it's like, okay, like you said, it it makes it real, mm-hmm. and that that is the uh, you know that's the goal right there is to be able to do that with people. But uh, but now Great. we're gonna go. I love that question. backwards. Thank I see. Right, let's go backwards. <laughs> let's go. Back. We're going backwards. <laughs> So your other lots of day jobs, you are a very busy person.
1: I sometimes you feel have, that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have a lot of day jobs. They're all day jobs, too. <laughs> but you're uh, your chief of staff here, to the bishop of all of Central New York, director of communications, as well as the press contact mm-hmm. for the New York diocese. And, and I'm Kathy kept telling me I kept saying that wrong. And so I was like, okay, so for all of Central New York, for all of this stuff, uh, so how what what does all that mean? Sure, yeah. So and so the the
1: third thing, uh, press contact that, that kind of falls under the director of communications umbrella, if that makes sense. Um, so as the chief of staff, I kind of oversee the staff here in the office. Um, I, I guess I would I would kind of say my 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 big goal with that is to work with the staff to take the the vision uh cast by the bishop and the board mm-hmm. and kind of get into the details and make it actually you know make it happen um, yeah so um you know i i also do uh it's it's been great because the the team's wonderful we're a small team but yeah wonderful people and you know it's 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 really fun it's a pleasure to minister together and you know our job is to kind of make those nitty-gritty things happen uh and and primarily what we're what we're here to do is to support the parishes of the diocese um to support people in the congregations
0: yeah now when you say you're a uh, you're the focal point for new york for all parishes now i have to say as a side note mm-hmm. i'm from louisiana okay
1: yeah. oh, sorry yeah,
0: different. y'all yeah so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm asking kathy here it's like so how many churches are in a parish and she looked at me like, right, right. What, are you, what are you talking about? I said, well, how many, you know, there's, because Louisiana, we have parishes where other people have counties. So, and apparently all of Episcopaldom did not want to change that <laughs> to yeah. take care of people from Louisiana. Ah, so I'm going. How many parishes
1: are in a parish? Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> you know, so I'm going, how
0: many churches are in? she goes, they're the same thing. It's like, then well, why do you use two words to be in the same thing? Yeah. And do you think y'all could change that for me? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let's end it because because I believe that the word the word parish you know, a, means really a geographic area. Thank uh, you. See, the only so, thing Louisiana got right know, was right there. Yeah, and so so for someone to be a rector and, and priest in, in charge of you know like a parish like the the parish of Saint Mark's Chenango Bridge is not not only to yeah. be like the rector, you know the priest in charge of that building, but also to be a priest to that entire community. Right, um, and of course we don't. You know, this is we have separation of church and state, so we don't <laughs> you know we don't divide things up in that way, but yeah. but it you know, there is that old you know, that root meaning, um which is that, you know, the parish is not only the people who go to the church, but the wider
0: but the wider community. areas.
1: Yeah. And at, one of the things I'm thinking about now is like and now we have this different reach because of, you know, programs like this, you know, we're we, we are online, like we're streaming. So our parish also Goes beyond geography in some ways. Now I'm, I'm yeah. sure you're finding that you're reaching people around the country.
0: Around yeah. The oh yeah, around the world. This yeah. is a worldwide podcast. <laughs> I, it's on translated on. into no other languages at all. None. <laughs> None. But what kind of stuff do uh, did the churches come to you for? Like, how do the churches fit into you know your office, and how does your office fit in with everyday? Churches. So, do you mean, like,
1: in the sense of um, what is what does the diocese and staff do, kind of as a whole?
0: Yeah, like had a uh, had the interchange between the uh, like how does St. Mark's fit in with the diocese as a whole, and then how does the diocese uh, sort of support St. Mark's? This is a great question. So we That's are. That's two. That's so two. in. in <laughs> just I'll keep saying I'm that every just, <laughs> time. I'm just gonna
1: <laughs> I'll just keep saying that. I really did. You know, I I, I told I told her. I said I thought the questions were really good because I yeah. how, like, when I read them I was like ooh I want to answer these. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, I love that. Really, in the Episcopal Church, the diocese is kind of the the fundamental unit of community, overseen by a bishop. So the bishop is kind of the the chief priest and pastor.
0: Yeah. Is it kind of a hierarchy thing, sort of like with the, or is it more of a uh not hierarchy. Well, <laughs> tell me what you mean by that, because well, pro- the answer is
1: probably yes, but I want to make sure okay. we're using the. <laughs> there same, were word the way, same There were two questions there, and she
0: said yes to both of them. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it like uh, you know like a CEO and their subordinate? Mm. or is it kind of a? Uh, it, that's the only thing I could think of. I guess is that you know. Like, all of the priests essentially work for the bishop.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, so priests and, and deacons derive their, derive their ministry from the bishop. Okay.
0: Um, and, and so,
1: yes, in a sense, the bishop um, is the convener of the priests of the diocese. Interesting thing. So when you are ordained a clergy person, um, you know, maybe you're a member of, I was a member of St. Matthew's Liverpool. When you're ordained a clergy person, you become a member of your diocese. Oh, you know, so you're no longer a member of this parish or that parish, even if you are the priest of a parish, you're, you're not a member of that parish, you're a member of your diocese. And if you move to another diocese, you become a member of that diocese. And just like within churches, you know, there's, there's a process for transferring your membership from church A to church B. Um, The Episcopal Church has a, has a process for a clergy person, you know, being, it's called, um, oh gosh.
0: This is a test, yeah. The church
1: uh, the diocese of your canonical residence. So where are you canonically? Okay, resident? that's that's a <laughs> Yeah. So interesting little fun fact side
0: fact. I didn't We love our fun um, facts. Yeah. That was yeah. very that was a very nice learn, fun fact. I
1: didn't learn that until I was ordained. Yeah. You know, Cuz I was wondering, well how We does can this clip work? that. <laughs> I mean, if we go we, we can <laughs> no, clip no, that now. It's it's fine. We're So I love learning, right? And yeah. and one of the one of the spiritual practices I try to have is to not be afraid to admit when and how I learned things.
0: I, <laughs> I hear you there. I'm with you there.
1: Yeah, so so I think but I think you had the question of how does, you know, how does the diocese connect with the parish and how does yeah. so really I mean one in our church one doesn't really exist without the other, I would say. Okay. Um, you know, the 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 diocesan community, um You know, we're all kind of here to support each other. So you might think of the diocesan office as kind of like a hub um, with the the different congregations of the diocese being spokes. So we're all part of one community. Um, There can be connections, you know, between different churches. Um, There's the districts. Um, So there's geographic districts, like sort of clusters of parishes. Yeah. Um, Each geographic cluster is overseen by... One of the clergy in that cluster usually, um, and that's the dean. Yeah, that's the dean. Oh, look so at
0: look knows. at our producer is sitting there <laughs> piping <Yeah>. up now. Like she's <laughs> like, I knew that. And I the deans
1: that. meet with the bishop every month to sort of share the concerns of what's happening locally. And the bishop shares her vision, shares things that are going on. You know that she's hoping to sort of get yeah. get the word out. Um, so we are you know this kind of network where there's there's a lot of back and forth because. The bishop, you know, obviously doesn't lead without being informed about this, you know, sort of the state of the people, the challenges and the opportunities. Um, So the, you know, the role of the diocesan staff is basically to equip and empower church leaders in the churches to serve in their context. Um, You know, so whether that means, you know, how we provide financial support, communications support. Um, but we're also doing a lot of listening. like, and, and, in fact, the bishop has been doing listening sessions this year around the diocese, um,
0: yeah.
1: kind of hearing from parishes, you know, what are you struggling with or what are yeah. opportunities you'd like to pursue but, you know, you need support there. Um, that's kind of what we're, you know, to do together what we can't do alone, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Now, y'all were here, like, yeah. The pandemic pretty much changed the way we do everything. It changed the way we cross the street. It definitely changed the way we do church as yeah. it were.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Was there anything that that sort of uh that you noticed that wound up being like wow, this is an unexpected opportunity, you know, that that had, like we wouldn't maybe have thought of doing something this way? You know, had we not been kind of you know bad circumstances, but wound up being an unexpected opportunity, or even an sort of unforeseen challenge to go. Okay, I did not see that coming at all. Was there anything because you were here? You know, for that whole pandemic and all of the things that had to change. So, were there things that you noticed? Because I know what we noticed is that camera right there (laughs) that came from you. (laughs) You know, when we were uh, trying to find a way to to reach and everything else and. they had uh, Andy Pierce. Ooh, hi, Andy, if you're watching. Uh-huh. Love Andy. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Andy. But he had forwarded to me your instructions specifically on the, the camera and the whole idea of, you know, hey, it's a nice, budget-friendly, can do a lot of stuff, you know, with all of that, even with the little technical difficulties that we had this morning. <laughs> it just did that just for fun. Mm. Uh, so, you know, that was, you know, one of the things that, you know, we got but as a whole did you notice anything that like hey this this is a thing that maybe can go past the pandemic yeah
1: yeah i mean there's there's so many and you just named one i mean there's so many ways that i could answer that question but i think one thing i noticed and kind of, you know going to the last conversation we were just having i think when people couldn't especially during the shutdown when people couldn't huh. gather together in person in the in the in the ways that we were used to and of course there's so much grief and loss in that that I don't want to minimize yeah
0: Um,
1: but it did create um, both an opportunity and a need for connection and one of the things that I saw happening um, that is still continuing is that we started to gather as a diocesan community Because when we weren't all trying to go to a place, you know, and, oh, I can't get there on Saturday, I'm not going to drive three hours to do that workshop. So we started having, I think at one point we were doing every week, you know, a meeting with the clergy and a meeting with the wardens of the churches. So, you know, a warden in Binghamton, they were meeting every week with people in Watertown and they were starting to build connections, you know, Um, Canon Carey, Schofield Broadbent was hosting those meetings. So people with different affinities and different ways of relating to the church, we're meeting each other and building relationships that, you know, that wouldn't have been possible if we were trying to meet every week in person, like in Syracuse, you know, Mm -hmm. no one, no one would go to that.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, And that was a shift because, you know, prior to the pandemic, we would have maybe one or two kind of summit days, you know, that would be attended by 150 people or so. Um, but but what happened during the pandemic was those became more frequent, more people attended, especially people who'd never attended before. So there were new relationships and new networks built, that are still continuing. And that oh, was that really is exciting.
0: Yes, that is really really good. Yeah, I like that. There is you know there's not a whole lot of good that came out of the uh, that we're still dealing with every day. Yeah, and that's not yeah again that's not to
1: minimize right you know how hard it was that we couldn't gather in church for so long and things yeah. like that. Um, but that we did start to build new relationships.
0: Yeah, which will go a whole lot past the pandemic and come in a whole lot handy for support and everything else for all of everybody.
1: And I think that sense of, as a diocese, we're all in it together, I think that started to take on more real lived meaning for a lot of members of the diocese who maybe had... Maybe knew that in theory, but, yeah. you know, until they were meeting every week with other people in the diocese from other parts of the diocese, didn't feel, you know, didn't yeah. f- have the same real
0: feeling. Yeah, that, and to put a face to a name and, yeah. and work together like that, yep. th- that's always a plus. But then we are out of time, but we have time for, actually, we have time <laughs> for one more. We have time for one more question, and that is, if there's anything you'd like to say to the folks back at St. Mark's?
1: Hmm. Well, I just—I guess first of all, I want to say that this is so fun. I love—I <laughs> love that St. Mark's is a place where, uh, as long as I've been in this diocese, I've seen it be a place where there's a lot of creativity and. We're a fun crowd. <laughs> yeah, and it seems like a church where people are willing to experiment and do new things and have fun together. So I love—I yeah. love that about you guys. Oh well, thank um, you very much. And I—I I guess I just want to—I hmm, just want to wish you well. You know, I hope. Um, I hope I hope you all continue to flourish. I'm happy for you that you have a wonderful new priest. Um, yes, and and I I just want to wish you every blessing as you continue to minister together.
0: Well, thank you so much, and thank you again for joining us. And we thank y'all for joining us. Yes, and we have our theme song that we love. We love that we just do it just for the theme song. We have to we have <laughs> to find so, something to do.
1: <laughs> thank you so much. This is delightful.
0: It really is. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you all next time here at the Lanyap.
1: Thank you.